The Online Marketing Show. Every day with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money. Hi, welcome to the Online Marketing Show. This is Joey Bushnell. Today's special guest is online marketer Yarrow Starrock. Go to entrepreneurs-journey.com to find out more. Yarrow, thank you very much for being on the call with me today. Hi, Joey. Thanks for having me. Yarrow, you're well known for your blog and also for your products. One of your most famous products is membership site Mastermind. And that's the topic I wanted to speak to you about today, making money with membership sites. Is that cool? I'd love to. First of all, how did you get into the online marketing industry? Basically by chance, uh, in a lot of ways. I, I was a university student here in, in Brisbane, Australia, where I, where I was uh, born and, and raised. And I was studying a business management degree, which surprisingly enough kind of makes sense uh, to what I do now, but it didn't really go into what I do now, even though you can see the connection. What was The real connection was the fact that I actually got an internet account for free as part of my studies there at the university, and that was my first taste of the internet. And from that point forward, I basically just played with the internet. Really, it was a, a learning experience that I enjoyed tremendously more than what I learned at the university in, in my subjects there. So uh, it was funny that those two things sort of coincided, but that was self-taught. So my, my training on the internet was completely self-taught, self-motivated. Self, uh, and I just played around with different things, which led me to start a few different websites. Uh, eventually hit upon something that I just enjoyed talking about at the time, and it started to make a bit of money from advertising. Uh, that made me really interested in the potential. Uh, they were talking around about the time of the dot-com boom as well, so the internet was in on news everywhere, and all these instant millionaire stories were, were surfacing because of all the, the craziness around that time of the year. And and uh, I just really wanted to start something, you know, even more serious, more significant, a real business, and, and that led me to doing a proofreading business. That was something that I, I I really put a lot of energy into starting as a proper business as opposed to the last one, which is more of a hobby that just went well. Um, that, that business went quite well. Uh, it eventually was my, my first sort of, I guess you could call it a job after my studies and, and paid a, a salary-like income to me, and eventually I sold that. Uh, there were lots of other little stories in between that I could tell you about in terms of businesses that I started, some offline, uh, lots of websites that started and didn't go anywhere as well. But basically, those are my two big successes. My first one was on advertising, then one on proofreading. And that proofreading business eventually led me to blogging. And that was really, uh, the, I guess, the catalyst for the next five years. So it was 2004. I didn't know what a blog was. A friend told me they were really good for searches and traffic, and I should put one on my, my proofreading business as a means of getting more customers for that business. I thought, sure, why not? I'll check it out. I learned what a blog was, which is, you know, for me, I really was starting from scratch like everyone does. I didn't know what a blog was. Found out, installed one on my proofreading site, and attempted to write about proofreading, and that was really uh, a very dry and boring subject. So, I, after about three months of very sporadic writing, I changed my tact, and in January of 2005, I started a brand new blog called Entrepreneur's Journey, which was intended to be sort of an experiment and a hobby, uh, but really just something I wanted to do for fun, and that was write about the different businesses I had started and 
some that had succeeded and why they succeeded and ones I had failed and what I did and just really brain dump what was inside my head from the experiences I had had over the last sort of seven years. And I, I'm still writing that blog. So that was back in 2005. So it's, it's five years now that I've been writing my blog at least two or three times a week. And it's, it's the center of my business, but the real cash flow source in sense of where I made the most money has actually come from training membership sites. So uh, in the last three years, I've actually opened up uh, my own products, which are our membership site courses that I sell. And the blog has been, I guess, the, the launch pad for, for me getting my customers there, but it's been the membership sites that have made me the, the big money. And it's membership sites that we're going to be talking about today. I know that they can be very, very profitable, Yarrow, and have been for both yourself and your clients. How profitable do you mean? <laughs> well, you know, it all depends on uh, on what you're shooting for. I mean, it's funny when I launched my first membership site uh, in 2007. I, you know, was looking to, um, you know, to be honest, I didn't know if I get 50 members, 100 members, 1,000 members. I knew the potential. If I got 1,000 members, I, I might, you know, I, we're talking about, you know, lots and probably like, I think at the time that would have been times 10 my income, but I ended up doing about 300 members, 400 members in the first, very first launch, and I went on to relaunch it and launch another site. So I think, you know, it's safe to say every single membership site launch I've done, we've generated at least $100,000 in, in, in gross uh, revenue out of it, and uh, I've, you know, I've done about seven of those kind of launches in three different products. So uh, I couldn't give you the exact number the membership sites have contributed, but it's definitely the largest chunk of income and you know in the last tax year here for me in Australia I did over half a million so you know most of that would have been a good, I'd say a good 80% of that was from the membership sites maybe 70%. Is that in various different niches or is that mainly in the internet marketing niche? They're, they're all in, in my my area since you know I'm leveraging my my brand and, and my credibility so it's all in um, blogging or um, training internet marketing related topics. Although I've got obviously a range of students who are, are doing things in, in lots of different niches. Uh, we can talk about this later if you want, but I just had a, one of my students email me back and he's had a successful launch of a membership site in the badminton, professional badminton niche. So yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. So can membership sites be used for any niche? I wouldn't say any niche because not every niche is going to be profitable. Sure. I mean, we have to focus on business models that work, but it's certainly not restricted to the make money online niche or the, the weight loss niche or the real estate niche. Like a lot of people seem to think it's only the big ones like that that can, can profit from. But, you know, I've, I've seen students, badminton, tennis, acne treatment, um, outsourcing, all kinds of different subject areas where they're having success with membership sites. So, uh, you know, uh, our business partner has got a, a partnership with another fellow who's doing it in the magic niche, as in there, he's a magician and they're teaching you how to do card tricks. So, why would someone want to do a membership site as opposed to a pay once kind of product? What's the idea behind membership sites? Well, it's funny you ask that because I was uh, like everyone, I didn't know what I was going to do. I had this blog that was a little bit profitable and, and gave me a, a little platform of an audience. My initial gut reaction was, let's launch an ebook because that's what everyone was doing. So, sell an ebook, um, you know, put it out there to be something complementary to what I currently am known for. So, probably would have been about blogging, and uh, that was my intention. So, I sat down and, and started to write that ebook. Uh, I still have it actually. It's, it's 80% finished. It's on my hard drive, <laughs> and uh, it never got out the door because what what happened was a combination of things. I mean, I knew membership sites were. 
uh, a great model. Let, you know, let's state some obvious facts. You know, you release an ebook, you, you only sell the product once to one person. You release a membership site, you sell the product once, but they pay multiple times. Okay. And that, that's nice. So it's like getting, selling multiple products, but you're really only selling one. So, you know, my programs all go for a month by month payment basis. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when I, I first launched my, that first membership site. So you get 300 members and they were paying about $50 a month. Uh, the difference there is I could have sold an ebook for $50 one time payment and then I would have made, uh, you know, what's that do the math about $15,000 from that one launch. But instead I made $15,000 a month. So uh, that repeated month after month after month. So you can see the difference right away there. Uh, in my case, a lot of influences around me encouraged me to, to focus on the membership site. And there was one really big, uh, I, well, it wasn't. It was. It's funny how these things. You kind of know them, but you never really focus your energy on them until the timing is right. And this thing, when I was, you know, eighty percent down with a membership site, I had people doing membership sites. Some people I looked to as mentors, and they were launching these membership sites with only having, you know, ten percent of the content at most ready to go. And here I just spent the last year writing. 80% of an ebook, and I was thinking, all right, this is crazy. Let's just go launch a membership so I get 10% of the content done and create the rest of it as you're going, and you'll make a lot more money, and you can tailor your program to what your people want. So it's not like you know, that, that ebook may not be what people wanted because I was just assuming they wanted what, what was in it. So that's the beautiful thing about doing a membership site, using the kind of model that I've used. Okay, so the basic idea is we're creating and giving value over and over again, and then we get paid over and over again on a consistent monthly basis. What various models do we have to actually carry this out? Is it something that you drip feed people, like a sequence of information, or is it just a password-protected big archive full of content? How do you do your membership sites? It can be all of the above. Obviously, I've got my own system. Everyone else out there, they're doing something of their own as well, and people prefer to follow different models. I can tell you about my experience. This this is how I went into it. So my first one, I wasn't sure how long the membership site would go for. So when I launched it, I was like, this will be a some content when you first join. So you're going to get a bunch of audios. You're going to get... Uh, the first lesson, you're going to get a, a private members forum. You're going to get access to me uh, in live calls we do. And then you're going to get one lesson a week. But I didn't say when that would end. It would just keep happening. And they'd go through a, a sequence of training that I'd provide for them. The problem I faced as a result of that, and this is simply because of what I was doing in terms of what I was teaching, was people reached sort of the second or third month, and they'd sort of go, well, I don't know when this is going to end, and I don't want to commit forever, so I'm going to pull out now. And I had a lot of people drop out, and it was too many for my my comfort. I didn't like that level of attrition. And I noticed the psychology that was going on there, so I, I re restructured my membership site to be a little bit more of a course with a predefined end date. So I, and that, that worked in two, two ways. It, it meant my members knew that they weren't paying forever. And I also knew that I wasn't personally going to create content forever either, which could have been a job. <laughs> now that's not like the, you know, the only uh, way to do this. Some people like having a membership site that doesn't have an end date. Um, one thing I want to point out that that's not really talked about a lot, but most membership sites on the internet, especially if they're information training based ones, so you're, you're basically giving people information rather than say a script or a product or something like that. Yeah. The information based ones very usually don't last for longer than, you know, 
three to six months. Most of the people I talk to have some sort of continuity membership site. They're trying to get their members to to to, to at least six months. That's the challenge. Um, the best ones I've seen go to 12 months, and that's you know that's considered a fantastic result, and it's pretty unusual. Um, there are of course instances where people go longer than that, and there's some very successful membership sites that might keep people 18 months, two years. Uh, certain models let's say if you're not talking about information training let's say you're delivering a service you know something simple like web hosting or maybe you're providing an email autoresponder service they're still technically i guess some sort of membership site they're really more of a continuity program and you're providing a service in exchange those ones often go for a lot longer because once people sign up they they become dependent on the service and you have to keep paying for the hosting of your your website so you're going to keep paying month by month for that so the training ones, though, I've noticed it's good in my case to have some kind of end date. And that, that switched everything around for me. I changed my model quite a bit when I learned that. And it was a good thing for me. Uh, what, what happened was I ended up um, doubling the price of my program and then having a defined end date. It was a six-month course. So I liked that because doubling the price meant that I was basically having the same as what I did the first launch, but it was as if they were staying for 12 months because I doubled the price, but I I have it at, at uh, six months. So for me, it felt like I was basically getting people in there for the equivalent of, what, 12 months for some of the models I was following. And it, the psychology worked really well. People no longer quit within the first uh, three months because they knew that they could just wait another three months and finish the entire program and have everything and have access to it all whenever they wanted to. So that was pretty important. And that, that was a really big uh, insight for me. And what are our various options, assuming that we're a bit of a technophobe, and we're not very technical ourselves, how can we actually create a membership site? What options are there? I'm a little bit different, I think, to most people uh, to answer this question because I, you know, it's a funny one, um, and I don't want to get too technical here because I could confuse people, but my experience as a result of using different systems, you see, I started my very first membership site using a program called Butterfly Marketing, which is half a membership site script, but also half a sort of uh, viral marketing tool, and it's designed to help spread the word uh, about whatever it is you're giving away. So I gave away a free report, and you know, it's it's what there was a few key reasons why I chose to use Butterfly Marketing, and the, the number one thing was it allowed every person who became a member of your program to immediately be an affiliate. They were one in the same systems. I like that, and I like the integration there, and I like the simplicity of Butterfly Marketing. Uh, it's Mike Phil Same, his his uh, methodology there that I was following to a degree. The problem was the software was just not nearly, uh, well, it just didn't work <laughs> in the right way for a lot of things, and it took a lot of mucking around to get it to do what I wanted to do. It's not a, not a bad script for selling a one-time product, but as a, as a membership site, we have to keep rebilling people. It was just torture. So I switched away from that to one shopping cart next as a, a sort of a shopping cart slash affiliate management system. Because you got to remember, if you're having affiliates, you need a way for, to track their sales and, and pay them commissions. So... And I'm also Australian-based, which limits some of our options because, you know, we, if you want to take U.S. dollars, uh, you, you need to have a merchant account uh, in Australia that does that. And presently, there's only one bank that even does that. So otherwise, you have to charge in Australian dollars. And that was back at the time. That could have meant as much as a 50% discount on right. the potential profit because the Australian dollar at a stage was half the American dollar. It's not like that now as you record this, but... Uh, 
it certainly was a consideration. We're talking 10, 20, 30 percent extra margin by charging U.S. dollars for me. So it was worth um, looking for a solution to provide that. But long story short, play with lots of systems. They had all had their failings. I still haven't found an ideal thing. But what I did learn was simplicity, as, as few moving parts as possible, as few different software and scripts as possible, and use the tools that I already trust and, and rely upon. So for me, that's WordPress. I know how to use the WordPress blogging platform. That's the system I use to house my membership site content, and that's where all the members get their resources. A Weber. It's the email autoresponder system that I've always used to send my email newsletters out with. That's also used in my membership sites to send out the content on a, a sequence because you can set up the emails to go out on a week-by-week -week basis or a day-by-day -day basis, whatever you want. So I, I send out the sequential membership site content using email. And that's pretty much it. Uh, we use ClickBank at the moment as our payment processor, but it could just be PayPal. Um, I like ClickBank because it has a built-in affiliate system, and they pay the affiliates. This is something I really liked. Uh, with the two previous systems I used, I had to pay the affiliates. And if you're ever worried about your system not tracking it properly, you have to go through and manually correct and, and confirm every single transaction. And, and I've seen this happen to other marketers out there. They, they do a launch. They realize their affiliate system is not quite up to scratch. And they have to email every single customer they've gotten and ask them, who did you buy through? You know, what link did you buy from? And to, in order to credit the affiliate. And that's just not, you know, uh, not a good situation to be in. Um, some of the people won't even know. And, and you want to make sure your affiliates are getting paid and have a system that gives you the best chance. So as I said, there is no good perfect system yet. Uh, ClickBank is, is quite reliable because they do a lot of transactions for a lot of different merchants. Uh, and you will pay for it. You'll lose up to 9% on the transaction in, in, in costs, depending on which method they use to pay. I also like that ClickBank um, takes PayPal, and you, you've got to have PayPal as a payment option as well. And, and some systems, like one shopping cart, had this issue where they couldn't do recurring PayPal payments, and that means I couldn't take PayPal on a, on a membership site, which is just silly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, I put together three systems for me that are really simple, WordPress, Aweber, and ClickBank. Uh, it still takes a bit of setting up to get all that to work together, and it's worth noting that in terms of password protection, you know, you, you might want to have a, a separate plugin. So a lot of people take another step, and this is where I differ. I don't do this, but a lot of people go uh, an extra fourth step, you could say, and add another component to the system, which is either the WordPress plugin uh, wish list, which is a good plugin for running membership sites with. Uh, if, if you were looking for a plugin, that's the one I'd recommend, wish list. Um, and, or going something like uh, a member which doesn't necessarily have to work with WordPress, but it does have a plugin that allows you to password protect and create membership accounts using WordPress. But it also does it on anything. You can create it just using plain HTML or another system like Joomla or Moodle, all these sort of content management systems. But to me, I was like, I don't want to make it more complicated than it needs to be, so I'm just going to go really simple. And we, we use directory password system that most web servers will have available. You don't need a separate script. It's just how web servers work. Mm -hmm. And you can password protect all your content or whatever content you want to protect just behind a directory. And that's what we've done for all of our membership sites. And it's been... You know, as I said, it's it's still not perfect, but it's had the less the least issues that we could ever have so far. So that's that is the exact system I teach in my 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 program as well because this this is by far the most frustrating part, and it certainly was for me. Um, it's it's it can be quite annoying at times. You mentioned there about having the content on your site. So how do we actually go about 
creating content and how often do you give the new content so it's available to the subscribers? A uh, bit of a personal choice. You know, it depends what you're teaching or what your what your offer is. Basically, my case, it's it's how to do something. So when it's a how to do something, I think having some sort of sequential based training so they do A before they do B before they do C makes a lot of sense. So I, I have a kind of a rule that I like to have my members receive something up front when they first join, and that's just static content inside the membership site. It's not sequential. So that's things like 10 audios on certain important subjects. That's what I did for one of my programs and just, you know, I spoke out 10 important subjects over audio. Uh, it might be interviews with experts. That's, that's very popular, kind of like what we're doing now. Um, just grab someone, a specialist and, you know, provide five or 10 or, you know, three, whatever interviews with people. And that's stuff that people can go through immediately. Uh, and that, that's, just getting on a, a phone call like we're doing now over Skype and hitting the record button and asking some questions, that's a really easy way to create good content to begin with. Uh, you might have a members forum as well to start with. Uh, that's something I like to make available. People really appreciate the community access. And also uh, live calls. I think people really appreciate the ability to ask you a question. So we still do once a month a group call for all of our, our paying members and all of our programs. And they just get on a teleconference line with us and ask us questions. And it's it's really nice because we can speak one-to-one. So that's sort of what they get as a static uh, base level of content. Then you have what I call, in my case, the core content, which is whatever is sequential that takes them through a process, a learning experience. In the case of my first membership site, I eventually, as I said, bro- broke it down to six months. And that turned out to be 27 weeks. Uh, 20, 26 weeks is probably six months, but I ended up having one more lesson. So it was 27 weeks of weekly lesson content, which one lesson a week, every seven days, they received an email in their inbox saying, here's your latest lesson, here's the link to it. They'd click it and they'd see a text-based lesson that I'd handwritten myself. They're usually between 2,000 and 4,000 words. Uh, they sometimes had some kind of video or audio to go along with them. And I also made sure that the text version of the lesson was spoken out and created an audio version as well. So I'd sit down for every lesson and talk the lesson out and create an MP3. People could choose to read the lesson or listen to it if they prefer audio. And that was what they got every week for 27 weeks, and it took them through the entire process that I went through to, in my case, build a successful blog for my first membership site. And that's the model I use. A lot of our students who follow my system use that model. Uh, it's, it's Again, it's simple. It's one of the wonderful things about this. We're just sending emails to content you know, if you're a blogger or you, you create any kind of content already, you know what it's like to create content. And all you have to do is go, have it go out in a sequence, and that's not that hard. So uh, you can take things and make it a lot more complicated if you want to, but I don't see the reason why. Just keep it, keep it simple. When we're positioning our offer and actually getting people to join the membership site in the first place, what's your opinion on the best kind of offer? I've seen various things being used. Some people use a $1 trial for a month. I've seen some people using optional continuity, uh, forced continuity even, all sorts of things. What would be your recommendation as a front-end offer for your membership site? All right, there's lots of ways you can do it, like you said. This is the formula we instruct people to follow, especially if they're teaching something. It's an information-based system. Do some kind of launch process. This is how you build up some excitement and some buzz. So give away a free report. That's usually the first thing to do. That's uh, in exchange for their name and email. So then you get an email list out of that. So they enter their name and an address. You give them the free report. They go into your mailing list. You then tell them, like this is usually like a week or two before you open your membership site. Uh, you start peppering them with information about the program, You know, build some excitement, send a few emails, 
your affiliates send traffic to that free resource as well. So they're, they're helping you build a list. And then after about a week, maybe 10 days, you open the program, you get what you call your, your charter members. So your first group of members who, uh, what you want to do, if this is the first time you've opened your site, make it something uh, like some kind of incentive, like a, a discount. This is when you might want to, I wouldn't do the $1 trial, but I might offer I know half price. So my first offer was $47. And like I said, I doubled it to 97 uh, when I reopened it a second time. But it's good to do it the first time, A, because you're giving them an incentive to join early and, and they see the reason why. It's because you had never run the program before and they're part of the first group. B, the first group are often more important to you because they help you create the course because they're going to ask you questions on the call. They're going to ask you questions in the forum. They're going to send you email feedback. They're going to tell you what they want and you're going to tailor the information. Now, obviously, you should have some idea of what you're going to provide in the membership site before you even get members, but it's actually tremendously beneficial to get the feedback from that first group and, and they really do help you create that initial content. So when you go and reopen the program the second time, you actually know what's in your program. You know, you're not making it up that way as you go along. So you've got more to sell in the sense that you have more selling points, but the price will be more as well. So it's a nice, nice, uh, sequence you can go through here. So, you know, once you do your first launch, I recommend opening up for a week at the discount price and then either closing it down or leaving it open, but at a higher price. That's the formula we've usually used, one of those two ways. You know, my first launch, I left it open and then eventually closed it down. And then six months later, I reopened it at, at the new price. And one other thing I did do, which is worth mentioning, is I sold the product not just as a membership site. So once the product was available in the sense that I had finished creating it after the first group finished the program, I then was able to sell it either at a monthly, month by month cost. So you can pay six monthly fees over one month, or one payment per month, or buy everything up front for one large chunk. So in my case, it was $97 a month or buy everything, get access to all the content immediately and I'll give you one month free. So you'll pay $4.97 one-time fee. So that's that's a nice way. And that that's actually a really huge advantage of having an end date, uh, being able to provide all your content as a one-time product. That's a $500 product in this case too. And, and people will buy both options. They want to be able to get all their content up front. That's a great way to get your cash up front as well. So that's a good technique. Did you have any tips on pricing at all, Yarrow? Again, I know it's going to vary, but are there any kind of guidelines on prices on how much we can charge for a monthly membership site? I wish I could give people a conclusive answer to this, but I can't. Uh, it's one of these things where you never know. I didn't know either. I still don't yeah. know <laughs> price my products. What you need to do is so you can you can evaluate it two ways, and I recommend you do both. Uh, one, the obvious way is get out there and see what is being sold currently in your market, especially if there's any other membership sites. There may not be any other membership sites, but if there are, find out what their offer is and how much they're charging per month. Um, if there's no other membership sites, at least try and find out if there's ebooks or audio courses, anything that's available in your industry and how much they're charging and what sort of outcomes they're promising. Uh, if you can't find it in your industry, go to similar industries and see what they're charging and what sort of, you know, pro- what sort of content they're giving for, um, the exchange of that money. That, that's by far the best kind of, uh, basic feedback you can get. But it's important when you do this to not just blindly copy other people. What you then, this is the part two. This is the other way you can evaluate your price. Consider what you are 
actually providing to people? What is the main benefit they're going to get as a result of taking your program, assuming they get a result? Let's let's say in ideal circumstances they go through your program and they get the best outcome. What that what's that worth to them? So this is different in different areas. For some people, it might be uh, you know take some of my students. Um, how do we, you know you don't play badminton, you become a better badminton player. How important is that to you? Uh, it, it, for some people, that could be just casual, um, you know, being, being able to beat my friends. That might be worth only a hundred bucks to me. For other people, I'm a competitive player and I'm actually going to start joining tournaments and I might, you know, win some tournaments out of this. So it could be worth more. Let's go to a different industry. Let's say real estate investing. You know, what's good advice worth in real estate investing? We could be talking hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in profit or just 50 grand from one good uh, real estate investment, you know, like a flip or something like that. So, you know, you're charging, let's say, 100 bucks a month where they could make $50,000 in their first transaction. That may not make sense. This is the sort of thing where you might need to be charging $300 a month, $500 a month or, you know, a really high one-time fee. So what I like to do is look at the value or try and come up with the value of what you're your offer entails. You know, if it's just recipes and how to cook, that's probably a $27 a month membership site. But if it's how to become a celebrity chef and earn a full-time income as a cook or a chef and it's a registered course, you know, you're probably looking at more like a $97 to $497 kind of pricing range. So try and try and use your best guesstimate. But ultimately, the answer will be given when you go to market and you see how people react to your offer. So don't be afraid to charge more and don't be afraid to charge less either. This is a numbers game, so you can make more money sometimes charging $27 and you can making $97 simply because of the volume of, new, of members you'll get. And you just hit the sweet spot. So in my case, I don't know if I've actually got the perfect sweet spot yet. What I can tell you is that I'm happy with the amount of money I make as a result of charging the prices I charge. And that's really the most important thing in the end of the day. If you're running a profitable business and you've got happy customers, you're happy. It- do you like to offer various options um, in regards to how much content and the level of content that uh, people get access to? For example, I've seen like you know gold and platinum membership levels where they can get even more exclusive content, and you can actually charge a little bit more for that. Have you ever used that technique before? Not in a, in one product, in the sense that there's different levels you could join at. We we did consider it. Uh, I think simply because we're looking to, again to keep it simple. And here's here's what you get. Uh, we we do upsell things, but often that's you can get another program with this program. So we we have a very linear, I guess, psychology behind this. It's one offer. Here's what you can get. Here's how much it costs. Not to confuse people. Uh, and then when they say yes, I want this. Well, if you want this, you might actually want this course. It's a great complimentary course as well. So you can get them both at a special price, but only if you buy it through this process now. So that's how we how we offer different upsells. This though that there's no rules here. Uh, that works well for us. Some people do have gold and silver and, and platinum levels of membership. Um, you may also have higher end coaching or something on the back end of this, uh, or or home study courses. So what you you need to do is get one thing working. This is the most important lesson I can teach anyone here. And this is you know I got a little bit uh, uh, paralyzed by the options at, at when I was first getting into this because I thought oh yeah I can do multiple levels. I could maybe I could sell my ebook and I could offer a, a Force continuity with the ebook, so that's how I could sell our membership site. Or maybe I could do private coaching time, like maybe I could offer a, a platinum service where you can get the course, plus I'll give you um, an hour a week or a month one on one time with me, and that will be a high end coaching program. And I just got overwhelmed with all the options. I said, no, 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 not, not too much. One offer, let's keep it simple. Let's focus on this getting this 
turn this into a cash flow source so I'm making enough money to live off it at least, and then we can look at the next best option for making enhancements or adding new products or, or making new levels and that sort of thing. And what, what you'll find, what comes down to this, is actually what you want to do. Like I found that I didn't want to do one-on-one time, and that's why I never ended up adding that platinum sort of private coaching offer mm-hmm. to my initial program. Instead, I started to create a second program, and that's just what I wanted to do at the time. So often... Uh, you'll you'll come to these decisions based on results rather than guesswork once you start putting out product into the marketplace. And, and that's sure. that's an important lesson. For you personally, Yara, are you making most of the money from the front end, from the membership site itself, or at the back end, some other back end offer? At the moment, it is, the, if, well, I guess defining these products as front end products, which they really are. All of them are under a thousand dollars, and you know, usually products under a thousand dollars are front end. So at the moment, yes, all of my my main income is is front end, which is which is yeah, actually is, a surprisingly yeah. good thing uh, because it means there's a lot of potential on the back end to make a lot more. But we're doing really well on the front end, and um, you know, there, there's so many opportunities. We, we we've got more ideas for more front end products. And what we like about the front end is the amount of work is because of the systems we've created is quite minimal. Once you create your product, and then you just keep selling it. And this is the thing that's lovely at the moment. My first membership site, which was created in 2007, keeps selling today. Every week, there's still people joining that program and buying that course. And it's a cash cow source for me, even though I created that that product two years ago, or three years ago, actually now. So um, that's an ideal circumstance. If you can get that happening, and then you can go on to your next product and not worry about the first one. It's just making you money. So that's what everyone should work for. And of course... Go for the back end. I mean, we're at, right now we're thinking about what back ends we want to offer, like what level of information. Because the thing with back end, it usually requires more of your personal time. You, know, you either have to run a large event, or you have to create a physical product, or you have to, um, you know, provide more one-on-one time on more group calls or things like that. So you just got to be careful with those things and decide what what your back end is going to be yeah. about. Do you have any tips as to how to keep people subscribed for longer? I think you answered it partially earlier on, but I know that uh, that's one of the main problems that people face is keeping people subscribed to their membership sites. So what's your best solution for that? Well, the number one thing was definitely, well, I should clarify. For me, what I told you about before, switching it to a six-month program was definitely the number one uh, psychological change I made to the program. That was really important. But that came about, because I was monitoring feedback. And this is probably the most important advice. When you launch a, a program or a membership site or something like this, you're going to get feedback either in the forums or in just people emailing you saying, hey, I, I, I don't know what to do next or how do I access this or what's the right order to do things. Questions that you don't see coming. That That's the good thing about this. And that's why it's important to have a charter group because they do tell you this stuff, and that will help you build a better program for the, the, the consecutive groups after that. So I learned from the feedback that, yes, I should have a six-month course, and I should have a predefined end date. And it just worked, because what would happen is I had people leave, or sorry, they'd email me, hey, Yarrow, um, you know, I'm struggling a little bit at the moment. Uh, not sure I can keep up with the course. Um, you know, can I get, can I put it on hold or maybe, maybe stop now and, and rejoin later? And we just emailed them back and say, hey, uh, you know, I understand where you're coming from. Um, you do realize that you've only got three more months to go. So you, you create the, finish those three months, you've got access to this course forever. Are there any common mistakes that people make when making their membership sites and how can we avoid them? I think the biggest one is the idea you have to create all your content before you launch. That, that seems to be the eye opener for a lot of people. They go, 
all right, so I, I learn I've got to create weekly content. I've got to have all this stuff in there when it first launches. So I've got to have a, a free resource to give away before it launches. I have to have, you know, a place to host all this, you know, like some sort of content system to, to manage it all. And a lot of that's true, but the thing you don't have to do is have six months or 12 months or whatever worth of materials ready to go from day one. And in fact, if you do, that's probably a really stupid thing because you're not getting feedback from your market as they go through the program and you're going to spend at least a year or two creating it all when you could just create 10% and then launch. So that's you can be getting paid to create your membership site is the short story here and that that's a great, great place to be at. Uh, that's number one. Uh, number two is, you know, probably thinking that you need to make this more complicated than you do. I think a lot of people will play with technology. And don't get me wrong, technology is the most challenging aspect of running a membership site, in my opinion. But it shouldn't be as hard as most people make it because they choose to go and grab, you know, I want to have this software and I want to have this software. And what can happen with this is you you see all the cool features, and don't, I I fall for this too. I you know I look at a, a piece of piece of software like Wishlist for for WordPress or or a member or or, or Moodle or Joomla, all these content systems. And I go, oh cool, I'll put this one with this one and this one, then I'll be able to do this, this, and this. And you kind of realize, you know, being able to uh, class members as different things and have automatic, uh, you know, downgrade, upgrade functions and, and automatic rebuilding. All that stuff is, it sounds good. In, in my experience, I've never had a system that actually can do all these things that it promises to do, especially when it comes to payments. They just tend to fall apart. Uh, and, and they don't, you know, and this is the worst thing. If you're having affiliate market for you and you're not sure that you're actually crediting the affiliate with the sale or you know something's not working properly and it's the software then that's really frustrating it can be very very costly if you're outsourcing your technical issues to you know someone you're paying money to fix your your technical problems it can, it can be a big cash sink so put together as few complicated systems as you can and remember it's not the automation of you know or the, the, the shiny bells and whistles that the software can do that will sell your membership site it's the marketing and the offer you know, if you get a great offer, great, great marketing, good product, and you just give it to those people, you know, even if you have to do some things manually, like cancel their accounts by manually deleting their account from, from your system rather than having it automatically do it, 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 that's, that's something I think is, is fine if it makes your life easier in the long run in terms of getting everything set up. And to be honest, for me, the best automation tool I've ever known is another human being. So I'd rather have an outsourcer manage yeah. uh, my membership site for me rather than put together a bunch of complicated software programs to get it to get it done by robots, which may or may not work. So I've always gone the way of paying someone uh, you know, a contract fee. And it's a small job just to manage your, your membership site, um, you know, if you've got some very simple systems together. So that, that's a personal thing for me. Not everyone agrees with that. Some people like the, these different tools, and they do do good things, but that, that's personal. And, it, and you know, it, the, more, the less tools, the quicker you get up and running, too. So speed to market is a pretty important thing in, in this sort of industry. So the quicker you can get cash flow, the quicker you can move on to your next product and, and or, you know, enhance your membership site. So, yeah, those are the, those are the mistakes I, I see people commonly make. Thank you. We'll uh, try to make sure that we don't do that now, now that you've told us uh, how to do it. So uh, I want to thank you so much, Yarrow, for sharing so much good information with us. Um, and if we're really serious about making a membership site, where should we go? I recommend uh, my free report. That's the best way to, to get going with this. Um, it's called the um, Membership Site Master Plan. And 
I created it after my first successful membership site launch, and everything was very fresh in my mind in terms of what. Uh, actually, I mean, let me rephrase that. It wasn't my. It was after my first launch, but also, uh, sorry, after my first product. But I'd done a couple of launches of that product because I already moved from from one technology butterfly marketing to the next technology. So what I did with this report is I just put in everything that I had done. It's kind of like a story of how I launched my first membership site in terms of the technology I put together, in terms of the marketing tools I used to get my members into the program, in terms of what content I gave them and how I delivered it, and in terms of things, how I dealt with attrition and so forth. So it's a really good introduction to my system. Again, a very simple system for running uh, membership sites. So it's called the Membership Site Master Plan. I think you'll really enjoy that report. It's it's available in audio format and in uh, text, um, up, up to you which way you consume it. Uh, and I think you'll get a lot out of it, and it's free. So, you know, go ahead and enjoy it. I totally recommend the free report. I personally loved it. And uh, you can get that by going to membershipsitemastermind.com. And with that, we'll wrap things up. Thanks to everyone for joining us, and thank you once again, Yarrow, for taking the time to come on the show. Thanks, Joey. Happy to be here, and good luck, everyone, with your uh, membership sites. The Online Marketing Show, every day with Joseph Bushnell, helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money.